The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. All right, welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker, and you are listening to episode number 63 of the podcast or watching it on YouTube. It's Monday, September the 4th, Labor Day, so I know a lot of people are probably not working today, which is also why uh, we had the episode a day later than usual. I just didn't feel like doing a whole lot yesterday on Sunday, Sunday before Labor Day. So Labor Day, I'm not really sure what it is exactly. I think we celebrate uh, hard work by not working. Uh, <laughs> so a little bit of a questionable holiday, but I think everybody's grateful for it. Everybody's uh, enjoying uh, the last legs of summer out there barbecuing, having beers, going to the beach. I hope if not, then you're having fun with us here on MMA on the Rocks. I'm joined once again by my co-host all the way from New Jersey, sporting a, a fresh haircut, Jeff the Animal Wilson. Jeff, how are you doing on this Labor Day afternoon, my friend? I'm great. I'm just wondering where summer went. I feel like I didn't do anything. But, you know, that's just me. I'm sure everybody's been uh, beach bumming it this year. Uh, but, yeah, summer's in its last legs up here in Jersey. But, Bill, you have summer year-round, so, you know, <laughs> it must be nice. Yeah, it's kind of confusing because this is the first time I've been in Florida for this time of year, so everybody keeps talking about summer's over and it's still you know 95 degrees here <laughs> everybody's out on the beach like like every other weekend um so it, not much different here but if you live up north i know it's starting to get cooler and if you're a teacher it means that you know you're back to work uh at least up north anyway here the teachers have been back to work since uh, mid-august i think but i'm enjoying labor day jeff i'm not doing a whole lot uh you know, just kind of taking it easy. I'm drinking some tequila because I'm trying to be health conscious. Uh, tequila is made from a plant, so that means it is both vegan and gluten-free. Uh, and I, I'm drinking it here on the rocks with an orange slice, so I'm getting my vitamin C as well. Um, so I, I'm feeling pretty healthy today. I'm drinking Casamigos tequila for mm. the people on YouTube. I'm holding it up. This is one of my favorite tequilas, and uh, I'm not just saying that because they pay me to say that. Uh, <laughs> it really is a nice tequila. It's it's super drinkable on its own. You could drink this neat. In fact, I often do. I like a, a little tequila just neat before bed sometimes on the weekend. You know, helps you fall asleep, relaxes you a little bit, and I just enjoy the taste of I know a lot of people like to sip on the aged tequilas, so the darker ones, the Añejos, as they say. Um, I, I prefer silver tequila for some reason, which is weird because I'm a whiskey drinker, but Casamigos, which I guess if you translated it, Jeff, it would be like friend's house. Is that remotely accurate? Yeah, I would say, uh, either that or some people might translate it as, um, house friends, which oh, okay. I guess would make you neighbors. I don't know. 
Oh, all right. Yeah, I guess there's no direct translation. Let's call it uh, let's call it friend's house because the best tequila is at your friend's house because that's free tequila. So we'll call it that. So I'm drinking that on the rocks. Uh, it's pretty tasty on this uh, Labor Day afternoon. Not a whole lot of really exciting things to talk about in the MMA world. I think everybody's still on a hangover from uh, McGregor and Mayweather. There was a card on Saturday during the day here in the States from uh, Holland. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a super stacked card or anything. And it, the main card started like three o'clock in the afternoon. So I'm assuming a lot of people didn't watch it. You know, I was kind of, I was kind of tweeting while I was checking it out on Fight Pass in the middle of the day, fighting off a nap. Um, and it, it was a pretty solid card, I have to say. Uh, I don't want to get too too much into it, mostly because I can't pronounce a lot of the names on this card. But it was headlined by Alexander Volkov and Stefan Struve, uh, two gigantic heavyweights, 6'9 and 6'11 respectively, I believe. Uh, and Struve is, is pushing seven feet tall. So he's the tallest person on the UFC roster. And it, it was an interesting matchup because we're used to Volkov being taller than people and using his length uh, very effectively. And obviously he's not able to do that against the taller Stefan Struve. It was kind of an awkward fight because Struve kept uh, poking Volkov in the eye. So... That was uh, that was unfortunate, but other than that, I thought this was a really exciting fight. It was, it was a really fast pace for heavyweights. I thought, especially for heavyweights who are this big. I mean, these guys were throwing down. They had some some pretty brutal exchanges in there. Some awesome striking. I was kind of surprised uh, that Stefan Struve didn't try to take the fight to the ground because I thought he would have had an advantage there, but he didn't and. He lost by TKO in the third round, towards the end of the third round. So uh, Alexander Volkov definitely uh, bolsters himself a little bit closer to that top five in the heavyweight division, which desperately needs some young blood. So, Jeff, I know you caught this main event. Uh, what were your thoughts on this fight, and what would you like to see next for either one of these guys? I Yeah, I did catch this one. Unfortunately, I was a little bit busy Saturday, so I didn't catch the whole card, but I did get to see this, and it was really exciting, really enjoyable. I thought that both guys put on a good show. Uh, it was interesting. Unfortunately, there were quite a few eye pokes, um, and it, it got to the point where like, I kind of it kind of got to like uh, the boy who cried wolf for me, where at one point I was like, all right, come on, like let's keep fighting. <laughs> but, what, did you think he was what, faking getting poked in the eye? No, but there was at one point where it looked like it was a punch, and then uh, like he died. But I was like, I, I didn't see any fingers coming out. But uh, I mean, whatever. It was a good fight, very entertaining, and you know, it's always interesting to see how people in the heavyweight division deal with Stefan Struve's overwhelming uh, arm length and height advantage. Uh, yeah. So very interesting. Uh, good stuff from Volkov. He looked really comfortable in there. Um, it didn't look like Stefan Struve was giving him too much trouble because uh, Volkov himself is a pretty big dude. Uh, so, yeah, really entertaining. I enjoyed this one, Bill. Yeah, it was a fun fight. Um, like I said, I'm, I was kind of surprised to not see Struve uh, even attempt to take this to the ground. I guess he usually only lets the fight go to the ground if he gets taken down 
which is more uh, often the case. I guess it's hard to change levels when you're seven feet tall <laughs> to try and shoot for a double leg or something. Um, so maybe he doesn't train takedowns very much. And, it, and if you train takedowns, that's a long way to fall too. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I don't know. Maybe that's why uh, he didn't try to take it to the ground. But I thought Volkov looked good. The only problem is I don't really know what you do with him now because he, he moves himself up the ladder a little bit in that heavyweight division closer to that top five, uh, which is pretty much all occupied right now. Uh, and I'm not too sure what you do with Stefan Struve either. He said he wants to take some time off. I don't really blame him. Uh, a win here would have been, I think, a lot more advantageous for him being that he has a win over the current heavyweight champion, Stipe Miocic. So, you know, he would have been able to maybe call the champ out uh, since it's still kind of up in the air who he's going to fight. And then, uh, you know, the rest of the division is kind of like, it's old guys and guys that we don't know what to do with at the moment. As far as I know, Francis Ngannou still doesn't have a fight for this coming Saturday, but he's still listed on the card. Some people are saying now Alistair Overeem is going to step up and potentially take the fight. Um, I think that would be interesting for sure. Uh, but yeah, a little bit of a confusing division. Any other thoughts on or where these? Yeah, dude, I don't know what you do with, with the heavyweight division at this point. Volkov, like you said, he moved up a little bit. Francis Ngannou doesn't have an opponent. I mean, they might have to call Anderson Silva for this one. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. He would probably step up. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, John Jones would be a possibility if he were eligible as well. Uh, the rest of this card was was pretty decent. Uh, the co-main event, uh, CR Bahadur Zada. Uh, I'm going to assume I said that right. If not, we're just going to move on. Uh, gets a TKO victory over... Rob Wilkinson, and Wilkinson was super tough in this fight. Uh, he got put out of there in the second round. Sayar uh, Bahadurzada, um, Afghanistan fighter, super tough. He's got a lot of knockout power. He's faced a lot of injuries uh, in the past couple of years, so he hasn't been very active. But, you know, supposedly he's recovered now and he's looking to make a splash in the UFC again, so we'll see what comes next from him. Uh, the best fight on the card, in my opinion, was Marion Renault and Talita Bernardo. So uh, these ladies went at it, and Bernardo was a last-minute replacement. She made her UFC debut to replace Jermaine Narandame, who anonymously pulled out of this fight, and nobody's really talked about it or you know, mentioned the fact that, one, she gave up featherweight championship because she was you know she said she had an first she had an injury and then she didn't want to fight cyborg because she was on steroids and then she said well i'm really a bantamweight so i'm just going to give this belt up so she gives it up drops back down to bantamweight and then drops out of her next fight uh like a week before the fight in any case marion renault almost 40 years old looked awesome uh so bernardo is supposedly a high-level Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. And the first round of this fight had some awesome grappling exchanges in it. I really enjoyed it. They, these ladies were going back and forth, exchanging positions, exchanging submissions. 
So is escape after submission after escape after submission, just going back and forth, trying to submit each other. It was really exciting and one of the best grappling exchanges I've seen in a while, uh, definitely in this division, where you have a lot of ladies who like to uh, stand and strike. Um, so Renault coming away with the victory, she TKO'd Bernardo with six seconds left in the fight. So she, and uh, it, it was the kind of fight where, you know, I think you could have given the first round to Bernardo. Uh, Renault won the second round. And the third round, uh, Renault was controlling it. But, you know, with these UFC judges, you never know which way the, act, which way the decision's going to go. So she was doing everything in her power to get her out of there. She had her, she was, she had her mounted and she was dropping some crazy elbows and, uh, yeah, got her out of there with six seconds left. So she almost lasted the distance in her UFC debut, but I would like to see both of these ladies back in there for sure. And then I'll just kind of skim over the rest of this. Uh, Maravec Tysimov with a, a big KO over Philippe Silva in the first round of his fight. Uh, that was a pretty impressive KO. And a couple of other finishes on this card. I, again, I don't want to get too deep into it just because I can't pronounce a lot of the names on it. Um, and that's pretty much all is worth mentioning. But if you're going to go back, if you didn't check out this card, I'd say definitely go back and watch the main event. It was a great heavyweight fight, awesome pace, and definitely watch the Marion Renault. Uh, Talita Bernardo fight. That was a, an awesome fight. Definitely the best fight on the card, in my opinion. So, any other thoughts on this uh, fight night 115, Jeff, before we move on? Yeah, I think I'm definitely going to go back and check out that Marion Renault fight. Uh, it sounds awesome. I love the grappling exchanges. Uh, you know, we're both jujitsu guys. And, you know, to, not, to TKO somebody with six seconds left, that's awesome. Like, you know, that's, that's the type of fights we enjoy on this channel. Yeah, so. absolutely. And she said she didn't, she wanted, she kind of wanted to stop, but her corner was yelling at her. She's like, my corner is telling me to keep going, even though I didn't want to. She was exhausted, but you know, she left it all out there and got the finish. So you definitely have to admire that uh, from someone who got, had a last minute opponent change and who is a very different opponent. She was supposed to fight Jermaine Duranime, who is a Muay Thai fighter. And all of a sudden she's given this Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt who is making her USC debut. So she may not have known uh, too much about her, but you know, so much respect for Marion Renault. So I definitely encourage everybody to go back and watch that fight. Awesome performance all around. Very exciting finish. Um, something that's not so exciting to me is the uh, upcoming UFC uh, 215 pay-per-view on Saturday the 9th. And it's headlined by uh, Amanda Nunez and Valentina Shevchenko for the Women's Bantamweight Championship. Oh, wait, I forgot that the headliner is actually billed as, as Mighty Mouse and some guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can't. I can't. You know, and there's so many people uh, I see on Twitter and, and Facebook and, and other places saying, like, do you think – Demetrius Johnson is the greatest of all time if he breaks the record. And I don't even see, like, anything close to an argument for that. And it's not because he's in a smaller weight class. It's because 
you know, you have to go by, you have to consider strength of schedule with these things. And uh, I feel a little bit like a broken record. I know you and I have been over this quite a few times, Jeff, but, you know, it, it's impressive that he's won as many fights in a row at this level. But uh, a lot of the fights he's won, he's just taking guys into deep water who had no business being in the 125 pound division in the first place. And I think Ray Borg. Uh, maybe no different. Here's a guy who has missed weight twice in this division. Uh, not really like a world beater. I don't think he's even ranked as the number one contender. That still has to be either Benavidez or or Cejudo. Uh, so I don't I don't really know how to get excited for this fight, and I don't know how to make. I, I don't know why people keep trying to make this argument that he's the greatest fighter of all time, and. It, even he released a statement saying that Anderson Silva and George St. Pierre were great champions, but I'm the greatest person to ever step in this octagon. And I just feel like Anderson Silva and George St. Pierre are two of the greatest because they never had to say anything like that. You know, their, their performances speak for themselves. They, they both beat former champions um, and, and, you know, bigger name guys. If you, if you ask somebody who knows nothing about UFC you know, who, who their favorite fighters are, uh, you know, George St. Pierre will probably come up for, uh, older generations and Anderson Silva, you know, you might get a, you might get a John Jones, you might get a, I don't know, Brock Lesnar, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> Conor McGregor, but, uh, no, nobody knows who Mighty Mouse is. And, you know, that has to speak to your legacy as much as, uh, the amount of victories you have, in my opinion. So, uh, what are your thoughts on the main and co-main for this pay-per-view coming up, Jeff? Bill, I think that they should swap positions. I would much rather see Nunez versus Shevchenko too as the main event. Uh, just Demetrius Johnson versus Ray Borg is not doing it for me, and I feel bad saying that because Bill, I've defended Demetrius Johnson so much on this podcast you know but i just feel like he has just i feel like we have a rocky three situation here remember rocky three where mick um gives rocky these uh safe fights these winnable <laughs> and then yeah. uh, and then clubber lang comes out of nowhere and knocks him out in like the third round um <laughs> so i feel like i feel like we have that on our hands here um, I feel like, you know, Johnson, he's, he's fought a bunch of, he's taken a bunch of safe fights. Like, for example, his last fight, Wilson Hayes, I didn't even know who that was until they said he got a title shot. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's... Yeah, and, and, and uh, it, it's unfortunate. Uh, you know, Wilson Hayes, uh, a tough guy, but, you know, he's not, he was nowhere near uh, being deserving of a title shot. And I don't think Ray Borg would be either if there were actual contenders in this division. I think that's part of the problem. If you go over Mighty Mouse's resume, uh, I'd say probably his most impressive victories uh, were over John Dodson, maybe Joseph Benavides. Uh, I think I think Henry Cejudo only had like four fights when he fought him or something like that. So uh, it's hard for me to see this argument. Uh, 
And, and before Wilson Hayes, they had to have a reality show just to find a contender for this guy because there's nobody in this division. So the guy who comes off the reality show, who's really should be a bantamweight, and Tim Elliott, uh, you know, gave him a pretty tough test. But you know, Tim Elliott's a guy who wasn't even in the UFC. You know, he had to he had to go through a tournament to get back in, and then they give him a title shot just because there's nobody else. Whereas if you look at guys like GSP and Anderson Silva, and the the people that they had uh, beaten. Uh, during their uh, title defense winning streaks, uh, you know, it's just so much more impressive. Um, in any case, I, I would agree with you about switching the main event for Nunez and Valentina Shevchenko, but I think there's two reasons that the UFC did it this way. One is that Amanda Nunez pulled out of the last fight uh, very last minute and uh, she was billed as the headliner then, so the UFC got burned there. So I don't think they would put her in that spot uh, in, in her very next fight because they would be concerned about that. And the other reason, I think, you know, I brought up this theory a couple of weeks ago. I think the UFC is going to use the numbers from this pay-per-view to justify cutting the flyweight division uh, because, you know, here you have a little bit of lull in the action after McGregor and Mayweather. This is the very next pay-per-view. So people just shelled out $100 to watch uh, Conor McGregor fight. So how many people are going to pay $60 for this card? Uh, my guess is not very many. I would think that this card does well under 200,000 buys. And I think that's even being generous. I'd say it, it, it might it might drop under 100,000, which uh, UFC probably hasn't done that kind of number since like UFC 30 or something like that. Um, and you don't really have any other star power on this on this card. I mean, you got Amanda Nunez who, you know, her claim to fame is knocking out uh, a washed up Ronda Rousey pretty much that, that didn't look like Magni, this is a great fight for the hardcore fans, um, as well as Gilbert Melendez and Jeremy Stevens. And then, you know, you got flyweights, Henry Cejudo and Wilson Hayes. Uh, who cares, really, <laughs> what happens there? Um, so, I don't know. Out of those fights I mentioned, Jeff, uh, which ones uh, tickle your fancy the most? I'm liking Neil Magny versus Rafael Dos Anjos. That one looks really good. And Stevens versus Melendez looks like it's going to be a really good scrap. Uh, and Cejudo versus Hayes. I mean, they have both challenged, uh, what's his name, Demetrius Johnson. They've both lost to him. Um, but I, I feel like they're both pretty solid, Cejudo especially. I'd like to see him... Uh, a little bit more just because when he did challenge Demetrius Johnson, like you said, I think he'd only had 10 pro fights, only like four of them in the UFC. But this dude's good, man. He's an Olympic wrestler, so I want to see more of him. But, uh, yeah, other than that, I, this card's not doing it for me. Yeah. Uh, you have uh, Sarah McMahon's on there who uh, is facing a undefeated Ketlin Vieira, who uh, I don't, I'm not really sure who she is. And then uh, Ashley Evan Smith also. So Ashley Evan Smith, Sarah McMahon, two of the best 
uh, wrestlers probably uh, as far as women's MMA goes, in my opinion. Uh, I, I'm interested in the Dos Anjos-Magni fight. That's an interesting matchup. Um, I'm interested in seeing Ngannou fight somebody, I guess. I, I can't if – I was, if I was doing marketing for this fight, I would be like, well – Fuck man, what's my budget? Like, what <laughs> what do I got to do to sell this? Uh, it, you know, if it was my job on the line to to get two hundred thousand pay per view buys, uh, I I would be working on my resume right now because <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's really a doable task. And then you got um, uh, Alir Latifi on there uh, against Tyson Pedro. That you know that could be an exciting fight. Uh, Latifi, I think, hasn't been back in there since that uh, brutal KO loss to Ryan Bader. Uh, man, I I was so excited for the Nunez-Shevchenko fight the first time around. Not the first time they fought, but, um, you know, first time the rematch was announced. And, you know, we, we got pretty far in depth on that one. But, uh, you know, when it didn't culminate, that kind of took a lot of the wind out of the sails. You know, I was excited to see it at that time. Uh, maybe when the night comes around, uh, I'll change my mind. But, yeah, I I would have a hard time uh, getting out of bed for this one. And that's that's unfortunate. Um, I, I, do, I do like Mighty Mouse as a fighter. I think he's very talented. I think he's an awesome fighter. He's got a unique set of skills, but... I just have very little patience for this uh, calling him the greatest of all time uh, ridiculousness that's been going on because uh, just because he hasn't fought anybody, you know, and what would change my mind is if after this fight, he goes up and he challenges a bantamweight, you know, he challenges Cody Garbrandt or whoever has the bantamweight belt and he beats them handily, you know, then we could start talking about, uh, you know, if he's in a, in a discussion for the, the best of all time, because, uh, you know, a lot of the others, like Anderson Silva fought up at 205. He didn't care about, uh, you know, defending his belt a consecutive amount of times or anything like that. You know, he just took the fights that were there, and he took the exciting fights. So uh, John Jones, if he could stay off of steroids, would probably move up a weight class in 10 years or whenever it is that he's going to come back from his potential USADA suspension, which, uh, you know, we're still not too clear on how that's going to go down. So UFC uh, 215, September 9th. Uh, let me know if we got this wrong. Like, if you're excited for this one, you know, let us know why. Reach out on social media. You can get Jeff at Animal underscore Wilson on Twitter. And, of course, you can find me at MMA on the Rocks, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh, so, anyway, I'm enjoying my tequila here. Jeff, you've been sipping on anything uh, interesting as of late? Uh, I have not, other than the usual, you know, Yingling, Steel Reserve. Mm-hmm. Not, nothing that has stood out. But um, I'm going to try and go out for this UFC 215 fight. So even if I don't enjoy the core, I'll at least enjoy the experience by trying some new craft. There you go. Yeah. I feel like I have an obligation to the listeners of this show to try and drink different things. I don't want to always talk about, um, you know, 
Jim Beam, and <laughs> which you know, I'm sure a lot of you know by now if you're regular listeners that I always have a big jug of Jim Beam handy. That's like that that'll be my go-to. Um, you can't beat it. I think it it's got it's definitely the best value for your money. I think it's something it not not even on sale. I think it's like 24 bucks for like the big jug handle, a Jim Beam. And, uh, you know, I think it's tasty. I enjoy it. Just like I'm enjoying this uh, friend's house tequila right now. All right. Uh, any other news or anything? Are we passing anything else up? Right. A- after the Mighty Mouse fight is uh, another fight night uh, headlined by Luke Rockhold and uh, David Branch. We kind of touched on that one last week a little bit um i don't i don't know of any other news man like a a lot of stuff has been you know still the trickle down effect of the conor mcgregor fight and you know john jones steroids there hasn't been a whole lot a whole lot of other headlines uh aside from that uh anything else you want to bring up jeff we're going to make this a short one uh I got nothing off the top of my head. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, please send us your uh, drink recommendations if you guys are drinking anything interesting out there, especially in the realm of uh, bourbon and whiskey and craft beer. Uh, we always love to hear them, so reach out to us on social media. At Animal underscore Wilson is Jeff, and at MMA on the Rocks is where you can find me. Uh, and if you have any other suggestions for the show, things you'd like to hear differently, uh, let us know. And also, please uh, leave a review on iTunes or wherever you happen to be listening. Uh, that does help us out a lot. So uh, go ahead and uh, take take the uh, couple of minutes to leave an honest review, and we would greatly appreciate it. Other than that, happy Labor Day, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.